Hi, this is Michael Sinoff with HardToFindSeminars.com. I think you're going to benefit tremendously from this case study on how to use the Opportunity Analysis Worksheet to get a client. This is a three-part interview. Each part is 30 minutes long. Let me explain what we have here. In the first part, you will have a real client calling me looking for marketing help for his cheese stick distribution business. You'll hear the first time I ever talk to him. The second part, you'll hear me being coached by Richard on how to perform an opportunity analysis on a business. This is to discover all the hidden marketing assets within a business. Based on his coaching, on the next section, you'll hear over an hour of an interview of me taking this client through the Opportunity Analysis Worksheet. I'm reading word for word many of the questions that I ask him through the entire asset finding interview. And finally, is the client calling me back to hire me as a consultant? This is all real as it happened and it's absolute proof that you can do this too. Hi, Ruth Ann. I'm returning Tom's call. Tell him it's Michael Sinoff calling from San Diego. No problem. Please hold. Thanks. Tom here. Hey, Tom. Mike Sinoff here. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? We, we sell uh, string cheese, uh-huh. one-ounce snack cheese, through convenience stores nationwide. And what I'm interested in, obviously, is marketing our product better. I have all the contacts. I have all the people I want to get in front of. Mm-hmm. But I want to write the kind of advertising and marketing that will get their attention. Right now, we're like a little fly flying around their head that they just want to slap and get rid of. We're not getting their attention. Mm-hmm. And our competition is craft mm-hmm. and some of the big boys like that. How long have you been in business? 24 years. Well, I'll tell you what I would do for you. I'll take you through a process, and I'll see what kind of uh, hidden marketing assets I can uncover out of your business. It would probably take about an hour of uh, uninterrupted time on the phone. I'll do it for free. It won't cost you anything. All I ask is let me record it and use it for my other listeners to show them how to uncover hidden marketing assets. Would that be all right? Sure, that'd be fine. I'd love to do it. The other thing is, if you had any interest of helping me market this, Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to pay you with profits, under the profits. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I would be able to give you an answer to that after after I take you through my analysis. Because I've I've hired other companies, Mm -hmm. uh, spent $6,000-$10,000, and got nothing for it. I believe it. They're going to be able to, you know, turn out, like turning out a faucet, turn out profits. Well... And, and I noticed reading all the stuff about marketing, everybody thinks their their business is special and unique. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found it with these other people that we are to the point where they weren't able to help us. I'm sure there are little nuggets within your business that are very hard for you to see because you're in it. Yep. It takes a fresh perspective from the outside looking in. And, I'd, and before we even talk, if you want, I'd even send you some samples of the products so you can look at it. Not necessary. Okay. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. How would, uh, would tomorrow be good for you? Tomorrow would be good. Where are you looking? Minnesota. You're in Minnesota. I'm in San Diego. I could take you through this process at 10 o'clock tomorrow. You wouldn't have a problem if I conference call in my partner? Um, no. Your, your partner can be on the phone, too. I'll just I'll put him online first, and I'll call you or however we want to do it that way. Okay. I'll call you at 10 o'clock my time tomorrow, and uh, we'll do it. Okay. Okay. Good. Looking forward to it.
gentleman who's in the cheese distribution business, they package one ounce and two ounce string cheese. You know what string cheese is? Yeah. And he had called me looking for some marketing help. He had told me that he had some experience with uh, another marketing consulting company called YK Marketing and another one called ID marketing professionals or something, and I've set up an appointment with him to take him through the opportunity analysis worksheet, and I wanted you to give me some advice or anything that I need to focus on when I call this guy. He's in Wisconsin, and I'm here in San Diego, so we're going to do it over the phone. He's going to have his partner, Alec, on the phone as well. What should I be looking for, and what do I need to keep in mind before I do this? The most important transfer of feeling that a client prospect wants to get from you, Michael, is that can you solve this problem? And so as you open up the opportunity analysis, you want to expose the problems. You want to expose any frustrations that the client has. You want to expose, it sounds like this one's had some frustrations with previous consulting groups and you need to get that out and discuss it a little bit and take time to listen and so that's why the opportunity worksheet starts out with are they okay but they want to do better, are they stagnant, no growth, are they declining and you're asking and tell me where you are now and so you just listen to them and you, you begin to sense what their problems are and their situation. And then the opportunity asks, would you like more growth? How much more? And I turn that into, you know, where would you like to see yourself, Tom? Where would you like to see your business? What if he says, I want a 1,000% growth? That's understandable, but what we might want to do is break it down into a little bit more realistic goals. And listen, I'm not saying that's not possible, Tom. And we've had clients that have had 1,000% growth. But before I answer that and tell you whether or not we could get it, what I really need to do is kind of see where the money is. And so, and so that's why about the first 15 minutes needs to be that listening. It needs to be hearing their frustration, their pain. It needs to be hearing what their goals are and what they'd like to see happen. What if they start getting ahead into some of the things I'm going to be asking them on the other several pages? Step in and just say, uh, we'll cover that. Let me ask you this. Where would you like to see sale next year? And then just take them right back to it. You really want to do that because the key to being a 2-1-C consultant is to be able to solve their problem, be able to hear and understand their situation, and then customize the application of the system to solving that problem. So there's seven steps in the marketing system, but the solving of their problem might involve all seven. It might involve a couple. It might involve several. You don't know yet. So you've had clients that may be implementing four of the seven steps. That's right. In the conversation, they've already told you that they're doing direct mail, and you get to that step. Do you skip over it, or you, you say, okay, you're already doing direct mail? Yeah, then if you, you want to find out if it's been effective, because the 2-1-C program teaches you as a consultant how to make direct mail effective. I just met recently with a uh, prospect that sends out 10,000 coupons in a mailer and didn't get anything back. And so I said, well, something's wrong with your mailer. Maybe it's the wrong target group. Maybe it's the wrong message. Maybe it doesn't have a unique selling proposition. So you can begin to address the issues that way. They might be doing some of these things, 
but they're not executing it right. So your step might be simply doing it right. And so you got to find out if they feel good about the return they got, about the effort they're making. So that's the first part of the opportunity analysis. You've got to be good then at being able to tweak the steps of the system to meeting their need and their situation. Now, so that's the first task as a consultant. The second is you have got to be really good at identifying what we call hidden marketing assets. And that's why it's called the opportunity analysis. I want to find out what opportunities there are with this client to make him more money. That's what they really want. They want to make more cash. They want to make more sales. They want to make more net profit. They want to make more profit margin. They want to free up working capital that might be spent on things aren't working. Maybe they're spending money on a salesman that's not performing, and you could recommend eliminating that salesperson and putting the money elsewhere. The second skill that you really want to develop as a consultant is identifying these hidden marketing assets. The reason for that is that's what differentiates you from these other guys they went and tried. The Y2 marketing, they don't concern themselves with finding these hidden marketing assets. The IB marketing group, they don't concern themselves with finding these hidden marketing assets. So you're going to be able to tell your prospect that in the next 45 minutes now that we've taken 15, I'd like to take the next 30 to 45 minutes to see if I could find you some money. See if I can find you some opportunities for more sales, more growth, more profit. And I'm going to do it by seeing if we could identify some hidden marketing assets that you already have built up in your business. And so I'd like to now take you through some questions that will help me determine if these assets are there and if they are, we can make more money with them without having to spend money on traditional advertising approaches. Does that make sense, Tom? Yeah. So that's his go-ahead. All right. So, Michael, you're telling me that you're going to see if I have some opportunity in my business already through these hidden marketing assets so I can make money there instead of spending more money on traditional advertising. That's right. So you've clearly communicated your uniqueness. He needs to really understand why you're different. If he doesn't, it's going to be a tougher sale. Okay? So this opportunity analysis really is the way you demonstrate your unique. And so as you go through that, you look at number one, USP, EVP, extra value proposition. Right under there, it says, look for under-promoted USP, including owner or staff expertise, competitive advantages, price leadership, differentiation, focus, competitive disadvantages, unique products, guarantees, unique benefits, services, etc. And those are the hidden assets you're seeing if he has. And so the questions there are designed to see if those assets could be making more money. All right? Why should people do business with you? Do all of your customers, prospects, and staffs know that? Why? Why not? If they think they have a USP as a being well integrated into all marketing efforts, including the staff. And so, you know, when you ask an owner, why should people do business with you, and he can't tell you, 
that shows you that there's a hidden marketing asset. If he says, well, you know, I don't know if my customers really know or if my prospects know or my staff really knows what we sell, there's your hidden marketing asset. So that's step number one. If the answers to those show you that he's just not really packaged his uniqueness in any way and it's not being marketed at all, you need to tell him that, well then, Tom, it appears from this first question that we've got some opportunity to make some money because we can determine a unique selling proposition for you and that's going to help you attract more prospects and close more prospects and get more money from your customers. Does that make sense? And so you want to summarize, it appears that we have some money laying on the table. That's right. Definitely need to help him see money all along the way. So the, the formula is ask questions to identify assets, help him see how if those assets are leveraged better, they can make him money. And so you're on to number two in the opportunity, and that's where you're looking for a low closing ratio. You're looking for subpar salespeople. You're looking for no follow-up on inquiries. You're looking for upselling opportunity. You're looking for packaging opportunities, for current sales aid, staff allocation of time. See, those are all marketing assets. He's never thought of them that way. You have to help him think of them that way. So you ask him, what's your average closing rate? Well, if he says, I don't know, that tells you as a consultant you've got an asset. Or if he says, you know, I think it's about 2 out of 10, then you could say, what would happen if we increase that to 3 out of 10? Can you see how much more money that would make you? And he says, yes, then you've showed him the money, see? He might say, well, you know, I'm a destination store, and so everyone that comes in here buys my cheese. Oh, so your closing rate's probably 90%. Well, then, see, you don't have much of an asset there. So you need to then to recognize that that may not be as much money for them. Okay. And that sometimes happens, especially with stores that are such with products that people are going there because they've already decided they're going to buy their destination stores. You want to ask them if they're following up on leads and inquiries finding out if their salespeople are really not doing their job or not because that's an opportunity, that's an asset. So then you determine that step two could work for them. Three is past, present, prospective customers. And then right under it says, look for a customer base that is not being worked, that might have inactive customers or a lack of a database. Are there cross-selling opportunities in the business? Are there back-end opportunities to sell? Are there reactivation opportunities? Those are all the assets. And so the series of questions under that are to help you determine if he's working his customer base and database like he should. If he says, well, you know, I know I've got probably a 1,000 past customers I haven't talked to, you need to say, well, that's a marketing asset. And so in step number three, we're going to implement some marketing to reactivate those past customers. And can you see then how we might be able to get more money for you? And he then sees that. So each step, you've got to help him see money. Show me the money. Because if you don't show him the money all along the way, then you're not making yourselves. And if you're not closing, trial closing along the way, because all of a sudden he might say, well, no, I don't see that. And then you've got to go back and maybe ask him again. Maybe he's doing his database very well. Maybe he's got it on computer. He's 
reactivating. He's getting as much money as he can. From, he's got a good current customer, frequent buyer program in place, and there may not be much opportunity. So you might not then propose that as a step for him. And the same with the alliance opportunities, the same with media, the same with community. And I will say this, that steps five and six, media and community, are probably going to be less used by clients who are motivated by your ability to generate sales without meeting. However, they'll come into play if you've got a client that already maybe does a good fair media, but it's not working. So the asset is media that's not working, okay? For example, under media, it says, uh, look for the different media they use. Do they have an objective? Do they use the media for their strengths? Do they budget enough to be effective? Do they spray and pray, or do they reach the right market with enough frequency? Is the message compelling, or is a donation confused with advertising? And so you're, you're going to see if the opportunity is media that's not working. Okay? Community is where they might be a company that needs to get out in the community more by doing demonstrations, by press releases, by uh, seminars, by advanced marketing. Yes, I was going to ask you, in the community, would free publicity come under that? That's right. And that's really gaining momentum in the PR field. Mm -hmm. But not all companies are built that way. A lot of owners don't want to go out into the community. They're just not built that way. Or they may not really have newsworthy products and services that are going to get pressured. So that's the summary of the opportunity analysis. Does that help you? That helps me. That's good. So I'm just going to follow along. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be always be closing after each section. I'm going to show him the money, ask him, does he see how uncovering these assets can put more money in your business? So I'll be closing all the way through. And if I've done my job right, and after I end the call, he'll call me back and hire me at least for one step. That's right. Now... There is a part of the opportunity analysis that is there for a reason, and that is you might be able to get a client to agree with you all along the way, verbally. Some prospects might need you to put it out in writing and help them to see it, and that's why this opportunity analysis is built the way it is. You might be finished after the first seven pages, which covers all seven steps, and verbally, you may have done the job, and the client says, I see the money. Let's start with step one. He might not be there yet. You might need to do some more selling. You might need to be more visual with instead of just verbal. And so that's pages 8 through 10 of the opportunity analysis, where you take them through some key ratios and help them see the three ways to grow their business. And some are going to respond to this, others aren't. Okay. You have to be good at knowing if this is important. It's not mandatory to use this. It all depends. No. Because no. you might have sold them. So you don't want to oversell. From your experience taking people through the opportunity analysis, what percentage do you ever have to get through these numbers in the three ways to grow business? Very rarely. Because you've done your job verbally. With the questions. Yeah. Or I'll say something like, like I did earlier. I said, you know, what's your current closing rate? And he says, I'm 2 out of 10. And you said, can you see how 3 out of 10 would make you more money? Yeah. So he already sees it. However, 
there have been times when I've gotten down to the three ways to grow because it's a nice little worksheet and it shows you that after you implement the steps of the system that you recommend let's say you recommend four out of the seven to this cheese distributor then you put on their projected sales increase as a result of the implementation and you would put a hundred thousand dollars and then you put in there the investment per project so your total investment let's say is ten thousand dollars for the four steps well ten thousand into a hundred thousand dollars gives him a net profit of x amount of dollars and so his return on investment is x okay and you're helping him see a, an roi a return on investment when he looks down there and sees a hundred grand coming from ten grand that might help you close the deal. He may be willing to go one step with you, and if you want to continue to sell more steps, you can use this. That's right. At a later That's time. A good point. He might not be sold, and, and as a consultant, you need to be ready to do that. All the times I will say, now listen, if I don't perform on step one, you can fire me. You're not tied to all four steps. To get my guarantee, i got to do all four. But... If you don't want me after one, you can let me go. Mm-hmm. Well, that does give you a lot of opportunity then to sell steps two, three, four later. But how am I going to articulate my guarantee with him? Okay. He's going to ask you that. He's going to say, what do you mean by your guarantee? And you're going to say, well, I'm proposing here four steps, and I'm proposing $2,000 a step, so that's a total investment of $8,000. I'm going to guarantee to you that after the implementation of these steps in a period of time that we agree on that you're going to get back at least $8,000 in new profit or new sales from the steps that I implement with you. Or I'll keep working the marketing system at no charge until you're completely satisfied. That's my guarantee. I'm going to make certain that you feel that your investment at least is covered and no other marketing consultant offers that kind of game. You're not going to find it from your radio guy, your newspaper guy, your direct mail copywriter. You're not going to find it from an ad agency. You're not going to find it from anybody except the 21C consultant. Okay, great. All right, I'm ready to do this. I'll let you know how it goes. Great. I appreciate it. Good luck to you. Hi there, this is Michael Sinoff. I have an appointment and a call with um, Tom Higgins. Please hold. Tom here. Hey, Tom, it's Mike Sinoff here in San Diego. Hey, how you doing? I'm real good. How about yourself? Too bad at all. All right. You got some time this morning? I do. Okay, and you're going ha- to have your partner on the phone? What i got to do is put you on hold. Okay. I'll give him a call, and I'll put both of us on. Okay. Hold on one second. Sure. Okay, Michael, i got both you and Alec on the line. Hi, Alec. How are you? Good, Michael. How are you? Good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. And, Tom, it was nice meeting you yesterday. I know we didn't talk much. I want to let both you guys know, Alec, I had discussed with Tom. I made him an agreement. He had uh, contacted an associate of mine and uh, mentioned that um, he was possibly looking for some help in some marketing for the string cheese business. And I told him that I'd I'd be willing to consider it if I could talk to you guys and kind of take you through a uh, an analysis worksheet that I have in front of me, and it'll help me identify what you guys got going, where you're going, where you want to go, and based on that, um, I may be able to give you some help, and maybe I won't, but I'm sure it'll be a good learning experience. Sure. Okay. 
Okay, great. Well, what we're going to do, Alec and Tom, this worksheet that I have in front of me is going to help me isolate hidden marketing assets in your business. And it's going to help me determine specific marketing projects to optimize and leverage those assets for a better growth of your string cheese business, okay? Now, I don't know how much I told you yesterday on the phone about who I am or why we're even talking to today. So let me tell you quickly a little bit about what I do. What I do and what my company does is I work with business owners, people like yourself, helping them to maximize their marketing success. Most of my clients are small and medium-sized companies with sales under $5 million a year. Now, I work in a unique marketing approach. I look at all of your marketing assets, and I find ways to leverage and optimize your success from those assets you already have in place. Now, because I'm trying to leverage existing marketing assets you already have, we can often realize dramatic and profitable growth without having to invest a lot of money or make a lot of significant changes in your business operation. So what I'd like to do with you today is take a look at your business and see where you are, where you're going, and how you're getting there, and see if I might be some ways that we could help your business grow. Does that make sense for both you guys? Absolutely. Okay. Most businesses I work with fall into one of three different situations. Number one, they're either okay but want to do better. Number two, they are stagnant and there's no growth. And number three, they are declining. Tell me where you are now. Hey. Doing okay but you want to do better. Correct. Hey, Alex? Correct. Would you like more growth? Absolutely. How much more? If you could quantify it in a percentage from what you're thinking in your head, of course we want to grow to the moon, but let's... We, we expect to grow with a new product we're going to add on this year, 70% this next year, but we'd like to grow as much as actually five to ten times. Okay. Now you're talking about you expect with a new product. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to add on a two-ounce product. Right now we sell a one-ounce product. A new product will be a two-ounce. We take it back to our existing customers resell it to them on two ones to do the exact same thing we sell twice as much. Why don't you just give me a, a summary of your business? You are in the a snack cheese business. We sell a one ounce string cheese natural string cheese. This is mozzarella string cheese. Mm-hmm. Natural mozzarella string cheese smoke flavored. We sell one ounce Colby Jack cheese one ounce cheddar cheese and one ounce pepper jack cheese. And these are in the little packets that you would find at a point of purchase display in a convenience store cooler. And you have a one ounce right now? Yes, it's one ounce. There's 24 one ounce pieces in a box. Okay. It has a header display on it. Sometimes they even rip it off. It just sits there just playing the cheese. Okay. And you believe because of this two ounce product, this is going to help you grow? Yes, it will. Okay. All right. Well, we're, we're going to talk more about that. First, what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask you this. Why should people buy your string cheese? Uh, very simple. It's the best product on the market today in the string cheese. We have the, we have world champion cheese maker. Tell me where are you located? Uh, we are located in Pine City, Minnesota, is the, is the home office, and we market Schneider's Cheese which is in Wisconsin. Is your geographical location have advantages for cheese manufacturing? Uh, Wisconsin cheese is known as being one of the top cheese-making places in the United States. Why? Because uh, it was originally where cheese-making started out. How many years ago? Uh, in the 1800s. Really? 
Yes. Was it one of the first in the United States? One of the first in the United States. In fact, of the, one of the oldest cheese factories, I think, I believe, is still in Wisconsin, yes. Really? Where cheese making was born? That's correct. Spring cheese got its first start also. Now, were there better cheesemakers in Wisconsin because they've been practicing it since the 1800s? And yes, they also I think they, what they did is they brought the old world techniques with them from the old land. Where is the old land? Well, Europe, European countries, Germans and Swedes and Norwegians and that type of background. Did um, a lot of those Europeans immigrate to Wisconsin? Yes. You have the history all the way from... Correct. Schneider's obviously is a German background. Schneider's is a manufacturer? Schneider's manufacturers, and we do the marketing for them, yes. Are you doing all exclusive marketing for them? Yes, on their one-ounce product. So you're not a manufacturer, you're a packager and marketer of snack food cheese, correct? We, we, we uh, market, we wholesale distribute, we, uh, we warehouse it, we ship it from our location. Okay, but Schneider's is the source, the manufacturer? Yes, correct. And they do all the different flavors? That's correct. Okay, let's get back into why should people buy your cheese. So we talked about... It's the best product. It is also a healthy product. Why is it the best? It's the best product because of the way it's made. And tell me about that. The ingredients and the art. Cheese making is an art just like wine making is. Mm -hmm. And they've won world champions for making the string cheese. What's important about making the cheese that makes it better? Number one is the ingredients, which I'm not privy to myself personally. And also the way it's made so that when you take string cheese apart, it strings like little fine angel hairs. Mm -hmm. And that's one way you can tell freshness and quality of string cheese. There's nobody with any better. Seeing the strings is one of the attractive things to the end user. Yes. Rather than pulling it apart and just it breaking in half. That's correct. Or just biting off the end of it. Some people do eat it that way. But anybody who knows string cheese, the flavor is enhanced when you string it. The so when you're pulling it apart, that's where the flavor comes out? That's correct. Better flavor. Now, in the manufacturing of that, that is an art. It's an art. It's, it's called extruding. Bear with me. If, if I seem like I'm asking a lot of questions, there's a method to my madness, okay? Yeah, sure. So bear with me. Tell me about the, uh, a little bit about the manufacturing process of string cheese. Uh, but the only thing I can tell you is, is obviously it has to have the right culture to start to make string cheese. And once it gets to the curd level, then it gets compressed and it goes through a special machine that extrudes it. All mozzarella cheese that you even put on pizza is a bit stringy. Even if you had a five-pound block, mm -hmm. it will string some. But then the extruding method, which pushes it through a tube and comes out in the fingers about the size of your index finger, that's what causes it to elongate or to string to the cheese. Mm -hmm. And then after that, of course, it's hot. At that point, it goes through a cooling method, and then it gets cut, and it, gets, it goes into a salt brine where it picks up flavors, and uh, it's fresh, and it goes back in from there. What is a cheese culture? How would you explain that, Al? It's like a... Uh, a, a culture is a bacteria. Mm -hmm. that's what it is. So it's a, it's a recipe that... The factory specifically has and is perfected over the years. It's synonymous with their name. How many years does it take to develop a culture, do you think? Do not know. How many? Is this almost like a formula for the taste of the output of the cheese product? It, it is, but there's a certain culture for every kind of cheese. Okay, so there's a culture to make string cheese, a different culture to make Swiss cheese, a different culture to make cheddar cheese. Now, within that culture, there's also extra ingredients that they will put in to make String cheese from Schneider's taste different than string cheese from Kraft, say. Okay, so your Schneider string cheese comes from the same culture, but it's flavored differently for your different flavors. Not to the different flavors, but to the different recipe. 
Here's another bonus tip from Michael Sinoff, HardToFindSeminars.com. And it's a collection of recordings on marketing consulting. I had met a gentleman named Richard who is one of the world's best marketing consultants. And I have 12 hours of audio interviews all on the subject of marketing consulting. We also have downloads to over 23 reports on the subject of marketing. In the section of recordings, you will find a multitude of ideas that will give you very valuable ideas on how to build and grow your business and also how to teach others how to grow their business with simple, no-cost, low-cost techniques. If you go back to hardtofindseminars.com to the main page, you'll see across the top in white consulting services. If you click on that page, there's a form that will take you into a private secret section of my site I've set up just for you with all these recordings. All you have to do is fill out your name and your information and you'll be whisked away to Consulting Secrets where we have thousands of dollars worth of free downloadable audio recordings in MP3 and Flash. Also the written printed transcripts and PDF that you can start learning from starting today. This information is hot. So get on over to hardtofindseminars.com. Check out Consulting Secrets.